Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, We're going to have a discussion here. Um, Energy dependence and independence. Big, big issue right now. Um, always is, but perhaps more so than, uh, you know, other times, simply because of what's going on uh, in Ukraine right now. We, You take a look at what's going on with a number of European countries that are sort of really stuck through their own, you know, design because they're at a position now where they would love to shut down Russian oil and gas and not be spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on it and, in effect, funding the war effort for Russia, but they can't. They are utterly dependent and reliant on um, Russian oil and gas. Now, we have, of course, a huge oil and gas sector in our province, and we talk a lot about energy independence, but at the same time, we're really intertwined with the United States. And not long ago, Senator Joe Manchin of the United States was up here in our province, meeting with the Premier, touring some facilities and things like that. And the concept of an invisible border came once again, talking about North American energy independence. Not the first time we've talked about this. It's certainly been discussed before, uh, but it came up once again. Donna Kennedy-Glanz wrote a piece about this this week. Uh, Donna, of course, is Alberta's former Associate Minister of Electricity and Renewable Energy and author of Teaching the Dinosaur to Dance, Moving Beyond Business as Usual. Uh, Donna, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Oh, I'm happy to be with you, Shay. Yeah, this discussion, I mean, that invisible border, right? We like to think of it in a lot of ways as we have this border with the U.S., but really we're all one big happy family, and it's not a new discussion. We've certainly had this before. And that's part of the problem. We keep having the discussion when we're in a crisis. Maybe it's, you know, <laughs> mad cow disease and our cattle can't cross the border, and that's our big export market, or... Maybe the U.S. decides that, you know, they're not going to build the pipelines and they're going to be energy self-sufficient or, you know, automobiles. Like, we just make ourselves vulnerable again and again. And I know we're only one-tenth of the economy of the United States, but we're a country. So it, it is not an invisible border. It is a border. And we have to actually think about that. It's a bit paradoxical because we have a very integrated... We do. North American market, but we are a country. We have a border that, you're right, it's not an easy distinction to make because we are so closely intertwined, and let's be honest, pretty reliant on that massive, massive export market that is just south of us, right? I mean, we ship tremendous amounts of everything we do in this country across the border to the U.S. Exactly, and then sometimes we rely on American investment here in our own country to do things like meatpacking. I mean, the meatpacking monopoly is probably an overstatement, but there aren't that many players packing meat, and they're big, and they're largely American-owned, and that's who's invested here in our infrastructure. So it's just that whole question of what do we need to make sure we have as a country in terms of market access and diversification of market, value add in our own country and our own know-how so that we we are not vulnerable. Germany right now, I, I you know, I feel sorry 
for anybody who's sitting in that country having to cough up rubles to pay for Russian natural gas right now. That's got to be pretty tough. But they were complacent, and, and I fear we are sometimes, too. Overall, when you take a look at it, it, it can we... Are you are you recommending a more isolationist approach? And if so, oh. would that be detrimental? <laughs> oh, I think that's an awful concept. I I know we're I know that globalization is unwinding, and we need to think about that. And I'm sure supply chains will change yeah. and, and be altered. And and the aftermath of this war in Russia. I'm sure there will be lots of changes and we'll have to deal with those. But no, 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 this is not about isolation. It just means that we have, we do have the means to take care of our own people, our own survival. Um, We needed to have access to vaccines when COVID happened and we got cut out. Now, we're lucky, we're really lucky that we got access to vaccines, but maybe Next time, we should have the capacity to to manufacture our own vaccines here in our own country. I, I, I that's not isolationist. That's just kind of, and I'm not even sure it's it's as risk adverse as belts and suspenders. It's just being smart on things that really matter. You know, one of the things I keep looking at right now with the United States, they are going to need fresh water. When they need fresh water. I don't want the border between Canada and the United States to be invisible. Right. We're two countries. We need to negotiate that. We need to be clear about that. You know, there was a time in Canada when we had to care about energy security. You know, back when oil sands were just beginning, um, when Lougheed was, you know, drilling, you know, like crazy and Alberta Energy Company was created. I mean, in those days, we worried about energy security. And, and, and here we are again in a funny, funny new world that, that has, uh, has some semblance of the past. Things change, and we need to be prepared. And I'm not sure we always are. Um, I, I think that's a great point. We we sort of I think we take our position for granted due to the fact that we are next to the United States, and occasionally, like you say, when it comes to vaccines, um, we sort of treat it as oh well, we're just you know I don't want to say we're part of the United States, but we consider ourselves an extremely close cousin, perhaps, and <laughs> and they'll take care of us. And when they don't, it's kind of like oh wait a minute, well, we're we're pretty much dependent. So I think you make a good point in terms of we can sort of look after ourselves a little more in some of these areas. Well, I, I think security in the North. Um, yes. We certainly, you know, the NORAD question and how much money we've contributed to NATO is, is a bit, you know, we, we're now talking about that. We're upping the ante. We've got to deliver the goods. It's not just about writing checks, but... NORAD's a different beast. I mean, the the North, if if Russia is indeed successful in this war, and I personally believe that relationship between China and Russia and Xi and Putin is real, um, they are talking about massive development in the North. And and while it's not exactly the North that's, you know, where, where our sovereignty lies as Canada, it's pretty darn close. And I think we're going to have to wake up. I, I, that's a place where I hope we do spend money as a country. Um, we need to be responsive. We can't just assume the United States is going to look after us all the time. Exactly, exactly. Um, when we take a look at what's going on globally, you're right, there's a readjustment here. There's a re- resetting of a lot of the things we used to think. And um, where do you anticipate this going? Like, 
do you expect more countries are going to be, because I mean, you talk about European Union, and that was largely about mm-hmm. breaking down a lot of those barriers and creating no borders. And, you know, we have sort of that working relationship with the U.S. Do you think, generally speaking, countries will start to say, okay, we need to put ourselves first? Doesn't mean we shut the borders and, you know, tune everybody out, but we need to put more of an emphasis on this? Well, I think maybe a more positive way to say it is is to say you have to be self-sufficient. I mean, yes, there's the EU, but Germany is the one forced to make the decision right now. Poland and Bulgaria could accept um, Russia pulling the cord on, on natural gas. That You know, we're going to shut off the taps. Yeah. Well, we're okay. We, we can survive that as a country. Um, Europe can't as a whole, but they can as a country. And that's the first step. And I think sometimes we don't think about that. And yet, you know, we've had Senate hearings on on the beef situation. We had big Senate hearings. And they came out with rep... I, I'm very close to the beef industry. I grew up in, in a cattle farm. Um, so I watched those hearings in 2003. Big, big, serious questions. And they concluded that we had a problem. We had to do something about it. But, but we didn't. And I, I feel like we've got piles and piles of reports in cupboards where we've got good thinkers coming up with good ideas and good recommendations, but then we don't do anything because yeah. there isn't, what, political will or it's it's hard to drive these decisions through bureaucracy because they're not comfortable. Uh, you know, I, I think a sense of urgency on some of these things, not just in crises, but to actually think it through, the cost of not being prepared is 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 hurting us. It really has hurt us. There's a huge downside here that yeah. we fail to assess. I, that's a great point. You know, it's better to do it ahead of time based on what you're seeing in other places rather than wait till those things happen to you. It uh, It's just good planning. That's all it is. Yeah. But I, I do think there's a complacency and I, yeah. I you know, just the, how we make, how we implement decisions like watching us pull out, you know, some of the re- the, the reserve stock and, and send it over to Ukraine from our military. I mean, that that's kind of eye opening. Um, and now we're we're in a queue for some bombers, but we're at the back of the queue now. So I, I don't want to beat up our decision makers and implementers too hard, but I think we could spend the same dollars and do a better job and, and just get ahead of this instead of being behind it all the yeah. time. Fair point. Donna, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it.